0: Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card, from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler. There will be no shortage of action. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt, will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. On that fighter. That's right, bet $1 on select fighters, and if they win, you win $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA is not for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball as well as hockey. With the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up in just over a week, get in today using code THPN to get started on your sports betting career. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always... By the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and I'm joined as always by Nick Horwat, who is in his new digs. What's going on, Horwat? If you uh follow us on social media and saw our social media page on Monday, you saw his current setup, and it is anything for the podcast. He is showing true heart, <laughs> I think we could even say grit and determination to record this podcast. How are you doing, Horwat?
1: I'm doing what I can because uh I'm only in here because the my internet is not set up yet, so I'm kind of bumming it off of Megan's hotspot, so thank you. Um, she can't go too far out of the room. Actually, the Wi-Fi or the internet guy is supposed to come literally while we're recording here, so <laughs> we'll see how things go. Um, I'm just in my fairly empty bedroom. You could probably hear echoes, but yeah, I swear by next episode, everything should be... St- mostly set up um, and I still have to basically unpack my desk.
0: Well, you got to get it all set up for playoff hockey because the NHL playoffs are set to begin at some point here in the next week or so. We don't actually know when the playoffs start. We expect that they will start by the 15th, which is this upcoming Saturday. The Penguins don't have a game one start, but since our last episode, the Penguins did wrap up their season with a two game sweep of the Buffalo Sabres with an eight to four win and then a one to nothing win on Saturday to wrap up their 56 game schedule and with that paired with an overtime win for the Washington Capitals that night the Pittsburgh Penguins are the 2021 mass mutual east division champions they finish in first place in what was the deepest and probably mm-hmm. most difficult division to win horwat before we get into those games what does it mean for the penguins to win the division this year and how surprised are you after 56 games that this is where the penguins stand
1: uh coins quite, quite simply it means everyone can shove it basically that's that's the long and the short of it um but i mean think about it at the beginning of the season there was people saying there's going to be a good team that misses the playoffs and people were saying the rangers are going to be the good team that misses while the penguins are just going to miss <laughs> That's basically how it went. Everyone was counting the Penguins out from the beginning of the season, uh, much like they did last year. Granted, things were different last year. Things didn't happen very good. well last year, but they made it to the postseason and looked really good getting there. This year, I mean, think of how much nonsense this team has had to go through. People, did people forget that Jim Rutherford quit? Yeah. Like a day into the season. He quit. We had to scramble for a new GM. Um, and here we are now as the leaders of the Mass Mutual East. I saw a tweet not that long ago that asked, do the division champions have to put the sponsor on their banners? Are the Penguins going to have a banner that forever said the Mass Mutual East division champions?
0: I don't think so simply because I think the Penguins division champion banner is just something that says mm-hmm. division champs and then... the the years so maybe the year will say Mass Mutual East 2020-21. That might that might be interesting, but I mean, if you look at our own predictions, Horwat, you had them at second behind the Boston Bruins, so that's not far off. I had them in third, so we we had more faith in them than the casual observer or basically anybody else that really watched this team this season, not anybody else that watched this team, anybody that made predictions before this season. We had some faith in them. We know some more people from Pittsburgh had faith in them. People outside of Pittsburgh didn't really have faith in them, but here they are now. They won the division. Mike Sullivan should be a finalist for, for Jack Adams, I would imagine. Sidney Crosby's going to get a lot of votes for Hart, I would imagine. But this team is primed and set up for, and hopefully, a deep playoff run. But before we get into, of course, previewing the playoffs and anything like that, and also we forgot to mention we have an interview on this episode nick from pens and pucks joined us we literally just got off the interview with him it's a great discussion that we have about the penguins he's been a pens fan since back in the lemieux days obviously and 1984 is when he actually said it so definitely tune in and stay tuned for that interview it's a lot of great content there but before we get into anything we're going to wrap up the penguins regular season talk about some of the lead storylines going into the playoffs We'll have the interview, and then we're gonna have our weekly Pens poll. It's a fun Pens poll this week, so we'll get into all of that and more. But like I said earlier, the Penguins sweep the Buffalo Sabers, doing what they need to do. Eight four win on Thursday, one to nothing win on Saturday. Shout out to Maxime Legacy because he comes in in his first game in two years and shuts out. Yes, it's the Buffalo Sabers, but the Sabers outplayed the Penguins at points in that game on Saturday and extended points at that game on Saturday. And luckily, Lagasse didn't even just come in and play well. He played exceptionally well. And he mm-hmm. is a huge reason that the Penguins are the division champs. You want to know who got
1: shutouts against the Sabres this year? DeSmith and Legacy. You know who didn't? Tristan Jari. So we're picking up wins where we can. The fact yes. that he was able to come in and not in an unimportant game, but, um, you know, prove that, hey, you know what? He's still an NHL-capable sort of in a way goaltender yeah you might have to do a little more fighting for it still but that was a hell of an audition since i'm assuming we're not going to re-sign him and that's kind of what we do with our third string goalies sign him for a year and ship him off so that's a hell of an audition for him to go forward i think he played very well i mean i was moving literally that day so i didn't see a ton of the game Mm -hmm. but um hey getting a shutout even a close shutout at that not even like it was a blowout it was a one nothing shutout where you had to make every save because your team wasn't scoring I did notice we had what three shots after the first and then nine after the second yes yeah no offense coming from us so the fact he was able to stand on his head for a shutout that's impressive that's good Mm -hmm. stuff from a
0: third string guy who really coasted with the taxi squad all year He's one game removed from being Mr. Game 1, like Jeff Zadkoff was in 2016. So it's not as high of stakes, but it is an important thing that he went out and did for the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. So shout out to Maxime Legasse. He had a great outing. He had a great game. And maybe this earns him a contract for next year. Maybe he is the Penguins' third goalie going in the next year. Who knows? We'll have to see for that. But you mentioned they did get one goal. That goal came from Jeff Carter, who scored five in these two games. Against the Buffalo Sabres. It's an absolutely astounding effort that he has put in since being traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He finished the regular season with nine goals in 14 games for the Penguins Horwat, Just talk a little bit about Jeff Carter, the Penguins third line center. Now putting up five goals in two games against the Buffalo Sabres. And I don't want to get overly hyped because yes, I understand it is still the Buffalo Sabres. They're still starting Michael Hauser in net which cool he's from Wexford but at the same time he'd played four NHL games in his career but talk a little bit about the performance of Jeff Carter and really that whole third line I don't care who they're playing he scored four goals in an NHL
1: game that it's in this day and age we live in 2021 four goals in a single game doesn't matter who they're playing against that's an impressive thing to do because it's not the eighties anymore. It's not the seventies anymore where I thought the funny stat that I saw that night was, um, you know, penguins, penguin players have only ever scored f- five goals in a game. And that was, and the only person to do was Mario Lemieux. And he did it four times. I think they said,
0: <laughs> Some ridiculous <laughs> that, number. Uh,
1: but that was then like, you know, Mario, probably one of the great, probably the greatest of all time. Um, it was still that time period. So give or take what you will, Whereas today, yes, even if it was Michael Hauser, uh, the 28 year old rookie from Wexford who is in his fourth NHL. I don't care who's in net, you're still going up against NHL defensemen. Rasmus versus was still out there. He could have, after three, he could have just decided to say, screw it, I'm tearing his legs off. He didn't. So Jeff Carter was able to still put up four goals in a game against NHL players and then put in a fifth in the next game the only one in that game so it's an impressive stat i don't care who they were playing how good or bad that team was he scored four goals in an nhl game that's nothing to scoff at and twitter reacted perfectly to it by saying that this is a great achievement it doesn't matter who they're playing against Mm -hmm. um
0: didn't Zabinajad do this last year Zibanejad put up four goals. Zibanejad put up five goals on the Rangers at some point, or not on the Rangers. He plays for the Rangers. He did it on the Capitals at one point, including an overtime winner.
1: Yeah. So, you, this kind of thing happens like once a year, mm. right? It was just Jeff Carter's turn. And let's not even add to it. Like, yeah, he's also he did all this against an, an NHL team. He's thirty six. Yeah. He. It's not like he's a young stud flying past everyone doing this. I mean, he's not slow he's not fast but he's not slow so he
0: he's no spring chicken
1: but he still yeah, has his legs under him for sure so he's able to do this at this age too there's no reason why this should be getting talked down to in any way shape or form
0: yeah that i'm not trying to yeah diminish the game for jeff carter i do remember on thursday i was at work i was on my lunch break and i watched the beginning of the game And I saw Jeff Carter coming out for the beginning of the game. And I said, you know, I feel like he's going to have a big night. And then I turned the game off because I had to go back to work. And all of a sudden, I kept getting on my watch notifications, Jeff Carter goal, Jeff Carter goal, Jeff Carter goal. And that's when I wish I would have tweeted that to get some credit for my thought. Because now you can just say, yeah, you're making that up. But no, I, I did think that. But it's great to see Jeff Carter have that kind of performance. It's great to see the only real major move that Ron Hextall has made in a year be able to come out and be as successful as Jeff Carter has been in these 14 games. I mean, nine goals in 14 games. The team has been great since the trade deadline. I do have the record. If I could pull it up really quickly since the trade deadline, they are 10 and one. That's how they finished off the season, which is extremely impressive for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jeff Carter has been a great third line center for them. Let's not forget. Frederick Gaudreau had three assists in that game on Thursday, including A really nice assist to Jared McCann, who also had three points in that game. And then Goudreau on Saturday as well helped set up that only goal and the game-winning goal for the Penguins. So the third line is clicking on all cylinders at the perfect time for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. What's
1: one thing that almost every Stanley Cup team has in common? It's usually depth. Yeah, it's usually great depth. I mean, the HBK line was a thing for a reason. I can't remember what the third line was specifically the 17 year, but I mean, it was centered by Mm Bonino until he was hurt. I take it back. I forgot. He like cracked his ankle in half. Yeah. It's the, the way the depth is able to step up is something that is super important to this team. And it's something that has been missing these last few seasons. Um, Jeff Carter and Jaron McCann sharing a third line. If you're able to tell me Jeff Carter can keep, keep up this pace and Jared McCann can still do his thing. That's a third line that's that's frightening. And it doesn't matter who the third one is. That's why we're saying
0: Frederick Goudreau is there. This is an impressive lineup. And Frederick Goudreau, I mean, he's not been a slouch either. He's been very impressive on the penalty kill as well for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But the fact is, you look at that third line, and you mentioned how impressive that is to be a third line. Mm-hmm. I would easily match them up against any other third line in the playoff teams on the east and i think the penguins are winning that eight out of ten times at least that should for sure i mean it's
1: i don't know boston's third line off the top of their head but i did see like someone tweet about
0: their lines today i mean jake debrusque he's hey. on the floor that's what threw me off oh wow well. yeah See, that, that's how much I pay attention to the Boston Bruins line rushes because, as you mentioned, it is a one-line team, now a two-line team, as we'll talk about in our interview with Nick from Pens and Pucks. But let's talk about the overall performances of the season. And yes, the Penguins finished the season with a three-game win streak, which is nice. They have a little bit of a head of steam going into the playoffs. They get a break here before the playoffs, which is also nice because 56-game regular season and a condensed three-month schedule was a lot. For some of the older legs on this team, especially considering what Sidney Crosby had to do when Evgeny Malkin was out, he carried this team in basically all important situations he was on the ice for. He played a lot of minutes. He scored a lot of points. He was named team MVP by his teammates on the Pittsburgh Penguins. 24 goals, 62 points, a 52 Corsi. It's a pretty good season for the captain. People are talking about him being a selkie candidate. I'm not sure. He's going to get a chance to win a Selkie. I'm not sure he's going to get the votes for that, but does he deserve it? I think there's some merit to that argument. I think there's some merit to the heart conversation for him, but at the end of the day, he's clearly the Pens team MVP. I mean, when we did the Pens awards in our last episode, he won the MVP from both of us. He won it from his teammates, and I'm pretty sure there's not going to be anybody that's going to dispute the fact that he was the reason, the main reason the Penguins were able to get through the season and win a division title.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what a big reason for that was? Sidney Crosby was healthy all year. He missed one game because of a COVID situation that turned out not to be a false thing, but it was just close contact, and those ones are very Mm -hmm. uh,
0: easy to get past, right? That was that situation there? Yeah, he had a close encounter, and they were waiting on test results, and he had to miss a game because of it, and he tested negative, so. Yeah, so
1: he missed one
0: game this year. Um, and that's big especially for a guy like Crosby who we
1: know his injury history it's scary it's frightening we always want to see what his numbers could have looked like without you know the multitude of injuries so the fact he was able to stay healthy all season is a huge reason why this team was so good because we lost Malkin for so many games as well I mean not only did we lose Malkin actually I mean first part of the season Malkin wasn't playing well yeah so Crosby is able to step up and be Sidney Crosby and really show that this team can do something. It's, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna say he carried this team mm-hmm. because let's be honest, there were some small stretches where Crosby not wasn't doing much, but wasn't contributing to his full effect either. It took him a little while to get back to his point per game pace and finally, you know, hit the plateau of, not the plateau, but hit the exclamation point of another
0: point per game season. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned that it's great that we got to see Sidney Crosby for almost a full season not quite enough for the Iron Penguin award which we'll talk about in a minute and can uh-huh. finally award at this point but Sidney Crosby played in 55 of 56 games how often has it been that we've gotten to see not only him play almost every game of the season but Chris Letang stay healthy as well Chris Letang only missed one game as well this season and played as you mentioned at the beginning of the season He struggled, sort of like what Evgeny Malkin struggled. But now, Crystal Tang, there's people saying he's going to garner Norris votes, which is crazy. I mean, he had a great season, but considering where he was at in January, would you even imagined him getting a single vote for Norris at that point? No. And now, he's the Penguins clearly still the best defenseman on the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's clearly still going out there and playing 26 minutes a game against the best competition. He's still the quarterback of the power play. And he is still the Chris Tang, probably better than the Chris Letang that we're normally recognizing and knowing. He is close to that 2016 level that he was playing, which was probably peak Chris Letang at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate all the fans and pundits saying that guys like Crosby and Latang might get votes for Norris or Selke. First of all, those are two awards that were decided at the beginning of the
0: season. Um, I'm not sure about Norris, though. Victor Hedman, guaranteed. You see, Victor Hedman is the easy pick, and if he wins it, that just shows that this trophy is picked poorly. I think Adam Fox is probably the more realistic. Or, I mean, the more deserving, not realistic. But, yeah, yeah we, we won't get too much into that because that's just a crapshoot of a conversation. <laughs> but I mean, we also
1: already know when it comes to Selkie, we know two, at least two of the nominations are going to be Couturier and Bergeron, right? We know this one. Yes. Okay, so it's just a matter of he fills in the third spot, and I don't know. It's the NHL voting award conversation is one that's dreaded every year, but
0: um, Mm -hmm. fun to have because we can discuss who should win these awards. Yeah, that's true. It's a topic of conversation, but it usually ends up in saying somebody got snubbed every year. But yeah, no, the fact that um, Latang Crosby were able to have
1: seasons like that, especially it's Latang who good lord every year every off season there's all there's always the swath of he's not good anymore we should trade him imagine the return we could have gotten in 2014 15 um no this isn't a guy you trade away right now not i mean he's toward the end of his contract maybe things change in the coming seasons but for now dude's still playing at the top of his game did he have a slow start yeah everyone did Okay. Literally everyone did. We were putting up wins and everyone was still having slow starts. Yeah. For what it's worth, we, he was able to pick it up and prove that he is still a elite defenseman in
0: this league. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. You mentioned slow starts because yet another player for the penguins that had a slow start is Tristan Jari coming into this season. He was a main storyline. We talked about him for the entire month leading up to the season being Okay. You have the reins. You are the number one goaltender. There is Casey DeSmith behind you who's going to help if you need it, but he is not a guy that's going to take over your role as number one anytime soon. You're the future for this team between the pipes. Let's see what you do with your first year as a full starter. And he went out there and he delivered a pretty good performance, I would say. He was not as good as he was last season, which he was playing at an all-star pace. He had a 921 save percentage last year. It's hard to match those numbers, I wanted him expectation-wise to be in the top 10 in save percentage and goals allowed average. He wasn't Mm -hmm. that, but he was still able to go out there, do what needed to be done. He was 25 wins, nine losses, three overtime losses, a 275 goals allowed average, a 909 save percentage, and a 1.2 goals saved above average number, which is down a lot from the 11.1 last season, but much better than what it looked like it was going to be after the first couple weeks of the season. So he definitely sharpened his game came out was able to take back the reins as the number one starter show that he is still the guy that was the all-star last year at stretches yes some problems have arised and yes he is still going to be a question mark going into the playoffs being the first year that he's been a starter in the playoffs but overall his performance and his first year as a full starter I think was pretty spot on for what you would expect.
1: Yeah, and actually listen to some of these numbers; these are hysterical. So you said his record and uh, goals against average. He gave up a clean 100 goals this year. Just the fact that it was clean 100, no more, no less. He ha- he made a thousand saves, a clean 1000, no more, no less. So he that's like that's an incredible thing. The number's weird. The fact that it's a 909, I don't think is right Is i don't know how that math works but i mean when you face 1100 shots and you maybe the math is right because i'm an idiot but he faced 1100 shots clean
2: mm-hmm.
1: no more no less saved a thousand of them and got a 909 out of it that's it made math easy yeah it made math easy he stopped a thousand shots on 1100 shots
0: and I think the bigger thing for Tristan Jari is yes, he only had two shutouts, which he's only bordered on two, three shutouts every season that he's played. He had two this season, but they were in two of the biggest games of the year. That should give you confidence as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. A one to nothing shutout against the Boston Bruins in a huge game that, if you go back to it, is probably one of the main reasons they won the division. And then a shutout three to nothing against the Washington Capitals less than a week later in Washington to add on to that. So, Yes, he did have some struggles. Yes, we did see things like the six goal third period against the Devils, the just shellacking in the opening games against the Philadelphia Flyers. But more often than not, Tristan Jari was consistent and was performing at a very high level this season. So as far as his first season goes, I, I think it was pretty good. I wouldn't give him an A. I'd give him a B plus if I was grading it. But I think overall, he was as impressive as somebody who had regular expectations would be i had high expectations that he didn't meet but that might be my fault for trying to put too much on a guy in his first year as a full starter
1: yeah i thought i thought your expectations for him, for him were a little high but i mean let's be fair he probably blew our expectations out of the water offensively he had four points <laughs> and he almost had an empty net goal he almost had five
0: <laughs> four points
1: outpaces mark friedman Although to granted, be fair, Mark
0: Friedman only played like six five games. games, five yep. games. Okay, yeah, because Chad Ruedel Rew- stepped in for him on Saturday. So, yes, he mm-hmm. outpaced Mark Friedman. I understand the the, the joke in that, but let,
1: for a while he was
0: outpacing Lafferty, and I think that was the joke. And Jankowski, yeah.
1: I mean, I like I mean, Tristan Jari have...
0: finished with as many goals as Sam Lafferty on the year. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Sam. Wow. Yeah, Sam yeah, Definitely a, regular to not score a goal. Did not score a single goal. Definitely a disappointing season for him and for Mark Jankowski. I, If I was a betting man, barring any injuries, I doubt we see those two again this year. Oh, for sure. I don't sure. think either of them are going to play. Especially if Evan Rodriguez gets healthy, he's your 13th guy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's go to our Iron Penguin Award. We are loving the Iron Penguin Award. This is year two of the award. Last year, of course, Marcus Pedersen and Teddy Bluger were the sole winners of the award. This year, both of those two were eliminated about halfway through the season. But again, for the second straight year, we have two award winners for the Iron Penguin Award. But before I get into it, I do have a picture here that I want to pull up because I searched Iron Penguin or Iron Man Penguin or something on Google, and here is what actually came up for me. That is Sir Craig Adams in an Iron Man suit. I love the, the Vegas Gold Penguin logo and the Vegas Gold Penguins Iron Man suit, but this is exactly what came up for me. Iron Man, the original Iron Man for the Penguins was Craig Adams. This year, the award goes to Jake Gensel, and Brian Rust. So congratulations to those two Iron Penguin Award winners for the 2020-21 season. Maybe one day we'll get Jake Gensel's face in this Iron Man suit that we have, Craig Adams. what are you thinking about the picture to your left?
1: Uh, I kind of want to make it the uh, Craig Adams Memorial
0: Iron Penguin Award now. Should we do that? (laughs) We can do that. Listen, we're the two founding members of this award so we can do that if we want. So is it is it now the Craig Adams Memorial Iron Penguin Award? Well, let's see. We
1: got to get in t- con- probably got to get in contact with his people. Right? Probably got to get in contact with Marvel. I mean, <laughs> there's I mean, a lot of- it,
0: to jump through with this. Listen, Iron Penguin and Iron Man are two completely separate things. You're right. We just have to come up with a whole new suit design then.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it's it, a fictional it, award, I, man. <laughs> I think it's so funny though. I think it's a hysterical picture. It is a fantastic picture, especially if you can imagine Craig Adams in the the form that he is in when the mask is down in that picture. Hopefully you guys tune into the YouTube version of this to see what we're talking about. But yeah, I loved that picture for sure. But congratulations to both Gensel and Russ. They play in all 56 games this season. Both Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang were one game off of the Mm -hmm. mark on that, which is great for them as well. But. So now we have four different winners. We have no back to back or no multiple time winners yet. We'll see if we can do that next season. Brian Rust has never really faced major injuries. So it's not too much of a surprise that he was able to come out and get the award. Jake Gensel coming off of a shoulder surgery last year. It's impressive that he was able to play in every single game, especially the amount of times that he gets banged up because he goes to the front of the net an awful lot. And for some reason, it just seems like he catches more cross checks and high sticks than the normal player. But both of those guys play in all 56 games. Both of those guys, first time recipients. And let me just read the stat line on these guys really quickly before we move on. Jake Gensel in 56 games, 23 goals, 34 assists. He's a point a game player this year, 57 points for Gensel in 56 games. So a point a game for him, Brian Russ, not quite there. He has 22 goals, 20 assists for a 42 point season, still averaging would have averaged out to about a 60-point season for Brian Rust if it was a full year. Congratulations to both of those two guys. You're winning your first-ever Iron Penguin, Craig Adams Memorial Iron Penguin Award. Horwatt, what do you have to say on these two players before we move on to previewing the playoffs for the Pens? How about that they're going to be important in the
1: playoffs? They are. And it's great that they had this sort of season. It's Playing all, every game in a season is it's a lot rarer than people give it credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, We always look at the Andrew Coglianos or the Phil Kessels and um, Patrick Marlowe's as guys that just don't miss hockey games. You got to remember some guys just take games off straight up. It's game 82 quite often is sit your stars light. I mean, it's you the only guys that really ever play in those games are ones that are usually chasing something. Um, Maybe they just want to play that game or, whatever it may be. So th- it's honestly a bigger deal than people give it credit for. So uh, good on them. And, and they never were hit. They were never hit with the sit your stars situation, especially considering uh, it was our whole starting
0: lineup aside from the goalies on a uh, Saturday. Yeah. The penguins had a lot to play for on Saturday still, yeah. and they didn't really show up as much as you'd hope they would, but they got the job done. Now going into the playoffs, whether that be, May 15th or whenever the game, game one is. Unfortunately, right now, we don't know who we're playing. It's between Boston and the New York Islanders. Those two teams are playing tonight on Monday night. If the Islanders win, we still don't know. If the Bruins win, we have the Islanders. So we'll definitely have to see how that plays out. And we'll have a preview for you guys, game-specific and team-specific preview for you guys on our Thursday episode. But let's right now look at the Pittsburgh Penguins one of the big storylines going into the playoffs is going to be injured players and specifically the return of injured players, Brandon Tanev, Evan Rodriguez, Mike Matheson. And then of course you can add Tristan Jari and Casey to Smith to the list because they were both technically out on Saturday due to injury. We expect Jari and DeSmith to be in. That's, that's not something that Sullivan has had worry about. Tanev has been skating in full contact for the past week and a half. He seems like he's getting close to coming back. Mike Matheson skated on Monday with a full cage since being hit in the face with a puck. He had a contact Jersey on as well. So that's a good sign. Evan Rodriguez himself is a little further behind than the other two, but how important is it that these guys come back and who do you think is the most important to return of let's say Tanev Rodriguez and Matheson, because we can assume that both Jari and DeSmith will be ready for game one.
1: Is the easy answer Tanev? Because that's gotta be the answer. It's he is a, let's be real a glue guy that can go anywhere in the lineup you know he's probably going to be playing on the fourth line but um the style of hockey he plays is something that you know maybe the penguins could have used in the last last game of the season to get more than just one goal get a little um you know pep in their steps he's a energy guy that's what he is so are rodriguez and matheson important as well yeah i mean rodriguez maybe not as much matheson kind of slots into being a guy that helps really retool the blue line so there's not sort of a odd odd man out and who's going to be in is it going to be or friedman or even a finally to free him from this the depths of hell but that's where madison steps in but when it comes to you know really adding not just the speed and tenacity that he brings but tanev is also um A locker room guy, from what I remember. I think he's, you know, well-liked around there and can really get guys going. He can get the juices flowing for everyone, not
0: just himself. I think Brandon Tanev plays a huge role for the Pittsburgh Penguins going into the playoffs. We talked to Josh Yoey on last Thursday's episode. If you haven't listened yet, go back and check that out. It's episode 44. But we talked to him a little bit about Brandon Tanev and how he unlocks the potential and specifically the scoring potential for the other two and Teddy Bluger and Zach Aston Reese, particularly Zach Aston Reese. So if you can get that fourth line to score, because we already know they're great on the defensive zone, but if you can get that fourth line to score, that just adds another element to the Pittsburgh Penguins attack. But I still think Mike Matheson is a bigger factor when it comes to players returning because Brandon Tanev brings that every game. We we understand that. And Colton Sevier is definitely not as good as Brandon Tanev in that spot. But he's a stopgap there. That's pretty decent. I think there's more of a discrepancy between Mike Matheson and whoever fills in. You mentioned it could be one of four people. We even had two people step in for him in the last couple of games of the season in both Rue Weedle and Mark Friedman. But I think for what Mike Matheson does for the Penguins offense from the back end, there's nobody that's going to be able to step in and give that same amount of play give that same amount of effect because mike matheson moves the puck extremely well mike matheson works with cody cc extremely well that pairing has turned into something that mike sullivan pretty much relies on whenever he needs somebody to match up against the second tier of talent from the other team obviously letang and Doomlin will go up against the big guys from the other team but mike matheson is going to be a huge factor in these playoffs, I feel like. And if he can come back in, the way he's able to carry the puck, the way he's able to move the puck, and the way he has been able to take the mistakes out of his game late in the season, that's going to be huge for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that's going to solidify their blue line, which, no matter who they play, is going to be huge, especially if they end up getting late into the playoffs and have to play a a Tampa Bay, a Carolina a Vegas, a Colorado, your defense is going to be huge, and the transition game is going to be that much more significant. I don't want to look forward to that too much because getting out of the East is going to be just a gauntlet of a road, but Mike Matheson's going to play a big role in every single sense of the word whenever he can return. That's totally fair. I mean, you're right about that. He's,
1: got, he's definitely fixed a lot of his mistakes. He's definitely toned them down and has improved his game. I mean... I'm trying to find his numbers real quick because that's always fun mm-hmm. he's doing well. It's not even like he's had real bad marks that we can't, you know, keep him in the lineup. He's in his 44 games. He has five goals, 11 assists for 16 points, which isn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Um, he is important on that blue line because he will be, you know, replacing a,
0: a replacement player. Yeah. Yeah. So, Obviously, injured players returning is an important part to this aspect of the game for the Penguins, but another important part is an injured player that has already returned, and that's Evgeny Malkin. How will Evgeny Malkin play once the playoffs roll around? We were able to see him back for four games before the season ended in the regular season after returning from that lower body injury that kept him out for 23 games. Unfortunately, on Saturday against Buffalo, he tweaked something, according to Mike Sullivan. But Sullivan also showed that he wasn't really worried about it. He thinks Malkin just tweaked it a little bit. And that's why they held him out for the last couple of minutes of the game. But the big question is, is he going to be able to come in and perform? We talk about this with Nick a little bit of pens and pucks, but Horwat, do you think that Evgeny Malkin is going to be able to come out and be the Evgeny Malkin we need him to be to go out there and produce? I do believe so. It's, he definitely has that.
1: We know he has that jump. We know playing in front of a crowd picks up his confidence level. And that's what I discussed in the, uh, in our interview when we talked about Malkin that it sucks. We couldn't see him get, you know, pocket a goal and get some sort of real on under, but maybe because he didn't, maybe there's a little extra step in his game. Um, We know he's a heady player. We know he can go red mist and you just want him to, you know, remain calm if he's not scoring because he's still doing the right things. We know he's going to get his opportunities.
0: He's important to this team going forward. Mm. One last storyline for the Pittsburgh Penguins currently heading into the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, they all got their second dose on Saturday night following their win over the Buffalo Sabres. And of course, second dose, I mean, of the COVID-19 vaccine, they will have less restrictions after two weeks from Saturday. So, Probably the second half of the first round is when the restrictions will be loosened for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That includes luxuries, I should say in quotation marks, such as being able to eat at outdoor restaurants, being able to hang out at the hotel with other players and without masks, being able to go to other teammates' rooms, having less COVID testing. So instead of every morning, it might be every other morning or maybe every three days, who knows, but it's less restrictions It'll make the players a lot happier. It'll make it a lot easier, probably able to rest a little bit more. And it's a reward for teams that are getting vaccinated and fully vaccinated. Specifically, it's a reward for the Pittsburgh Penguins who have done a great job all season with the COVID-19 pandemic. We've seen it take down other teams in the NHL. Dallas, it started early. Vancouver, they're going to be playing games an extra week more than anybody else in the league because of how hard it hit them. But the Pittsburgh Penguins really didn't have any players miss games. We mentioned Crosby missed a game due to a possible exposure that ended up not giving him COVID-19. But this team overall has done a great job this season. From all intents and purposes, we've heard that they have taken it very seriously. They have followed all the guidelines basically by the book. And now here's the reward for it. So good on them and good on the league for rewarding teams that are getting fully vaccinated with a little bit more freedom going into the playoffs
1: yeah i mean people might say like this sounds a little unfair because it's just that the other it's just the way the ball rolls though i mean um we know that it's harder between canadian teams to do that sort of thing but i think mm-hmm. the leafs just got their first dose or at least it's scheduled to be done so yeah. teams are picking it up one way or the other i mean are the Leafs maybe jumping the line in that situation? Yes, but who cares? At this point, anyone getting vaccinated is a good thing. Um, it's it's just important. It's just an important thing to do. It's good that the league is going to loosen the restrictions. I think they said for a second they weren't going to.
0: They There was a whole thing with Robin Leonard.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's good that they're really taking – A, they're taking things seriously, and B, they are going to um, – you know, loosen up on the guys and, you know, we're all getting closer to that return to normalcy that we've been hearing about for ages and ages now, but it's getting closer. Uh, Who knows if this might, if stuff like this might stretch into next season again, but um, we will have to see. And for all we know,
0: arenas could be filled this playoffs, certain ones, certain cities. It seems like Vegas is going to have a lot of fans in theirs. The Pittsburgh Penguins are still at about 5,000 fans. I'm sure that will go up probably if well, they can get into the second round. To bring in, I mean, the Tom Wolf is lifting pe- all, of Pen-
1: all of Pennsylvania's restrictions um, at the end of the month, but who knows what exactly that means? Who knows? Yeah. Um, what will actually happen i think he's leaving it up to business to to the businesses to do what they do what they want to do their guidelines so the penguins might just play the league's hand and play smart and see what happens because that's kind of the way it should be we should kind of just continue with um keeping it spaced out i mean once we're all okay because he almost said he'll lift the mask restriction once 70 percent of pennsylvanians are vaccinated so We'll see how that goes. There's your news update, everyone. Um, (laughs) And on top of that, uh, I don't know. I've enjoyed my few games going to where there wasn't a ton of people. I enjoyed having space. So
0: (laughs) we will see. Who knows? Maybe I'll go to a playoff game down in Washington in the first round. We'll have to see there. But it's a good time right now to cut to our interview with Nick from Pens and Pucks. So let's do that right now. But first, we're going to take a quick break.
1: Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL.
0: Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are now joined by a very special guest to talk about Penn's playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are coming up Here at the end of this week, Nick from Pens and Pucks is joining us. Yes, we understand that we have three Nicks on the show right now, but
2: Nick, how's it going? Good, Nick, Nick, and Nick. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me today, guys.
1: Yeah, me and uh, Brilliant here are used to the three Nicks thing. We had a a roommate freshman year of college that uh, was also named Nick. So,
0: yeah, we're used to this.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. So,
0: We understand you're coming to us from Toronto. I just found that out right before we started recording. So how did you become a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins initially? And then after you answer that, how initially did you get into podcasting about them?
2: All right. So first off, uh, going way back uh, to 1984, um, interesting story. I, my cousin, he got drafted the same year in the 1984 draft to the Washington Capitals. Um, never made the squad, but, you know, played in the HL a little bit. Whatnot played in the OHL. Was captain of the Toronto Marlies, um, and then after the draft, there he he had said to me when I was a young kid, "Watch out for for this guy Lemieux coming out of uh, Montreal." So ever since then, I've been a big time Mario Lemieux fan, um, Golden Black. I bleed Golden Black. So um, and then when it comes to podcasts, uh, it just you know my brother does uh, podcasts. And, um, you know, I've been coaching hockey here for in Toronto for over 25 years, played high level hockey here in Toronto. It's just a passion of mine. And, you know, I've been watching you guys and other podcasts and with this COVID COVID year, I thought I'd jump on the bandwagon and, uh, I love talking hockey. I love talking penguins. So there you go.
1: Well, it's great that you've, uh, you know, got that love for the team and started doing your thing. It's a ton of fun doing stuff like this, but, um, and since yeah. you've been a fan for a long time, you've been. You've seen the last 15 years of this team. We've made the playoffs each year, and it's an incredible stretch that people don't talk about enough. But what are some of your, you know, best and worst memories? Or yeah, from the uh, from this 15 year stretch.
2: Well, I would say again the the, the highlight of uh, the 15 years was uh, just getting to the Cup final in 08. Um, that was a great run. Uh, first off, you know Sidney Crosby getting drafted in 05, I think I ran it up and down my street a couple of times just because uh, it was pretty grim, you know, the few years before that. Um, And then, you know, the 9 Cup run was fantastic, winning in Game 7 in Detroit. Uh, You know, the the, uh, group came together as a team, and, you know, it was just a phenomenal run. Um, And shutting them out, you know, and and Joe Louis was just fantastic. It was great, Talbot with those two goals. Um, And then, you know, waiting a few years after that, the disappointments would be is between the 09 cup and the uh, 2016 cup would be the expectations were high for a few of those penguins teams going into the playoffs. And unfortunately, you know, if it was goaltending at some point or lack of scoring um, or just making a lot of changes right at the trade deadline and things didn't come together, you know, the Jerome McGillan trade, um, Brandon Morrow, you know, those, those type of trades at the deadline sort of, You know, got those teams, I think, off track. Uh, But um, then looking at 2016 and 2017, you know, just great runs.
0: It was a great stretch for 15 years, and now the Penguins are looking for, in that stretch, their fourth Stanley Cup. So let's start talking about the team that we have right now, the East Division champs, if you will. What do you think is the most important player, or we don't even say line, for this team heading into the playoffs right now?
2: Well, I think the most important player is number 87, our captain, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at the last few games and looking at April, it's been an up and down month. Uh, I really think that, um, you know, that they were inconsistent through the uh, through the April games. Uh, they gave up a lot of goals in some games, you know, uh, gave up some leads. But then looking at uh, March, you know, it was a fantastic month. You know, everything came together. Goaltending was solid. Um yeah, uh, I do have some worry with, you know, uh, 71 Gino coming in the lineup uh, and a few things in terms of how the line chemistry is going to work. But, you know, overall, uh, Sidney Crosby, I think Tristan Jari has got to be uh, stellar. Our goaltending has to be good. And the back end has been solid all year. So hopefully Matheson um, comes back next week for the first game.
1: Yeah. And um, I mean, it's not beyond all that. It's his first time as the starter for the playoffs. It's his net now. How yeah. confident are you in Tristan Jari to carry this load into what could be a deep playoff run? What do you see him doing this playoff?
2: Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a it's definitely a good question there, Nick. Um I am sort of suspect that was in the beginning of the year uh on the on the goaltending. I, I like both goalies. I think that Smith has done a great job being the backup. Uh, We've never seen Jari in this territory before, being number one going into the playoffs, high expectations. I think last year it would have been it would have been Jari's neck going into the playoffs, but unfortunately, you know we had COVID hit us. He was such a he was on a high. He was you know voted to the All Star game. I think this is going to be a test run. Can he do it? And this is going to be you know if uh, we're going to see if Jari can be a number one goalie in in the uh, in the NHL. You know he won. he won the cup there with uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings in the uh, junior hockey league, so he knows how to play under pressure.
0: It's definitely going to be trial by fire for him. When you look at it, yes, he did get that game last year in the postseason in an elimination scenario with Montreal. You mentioned he played in in the juniors like that, so it's really it's not it's a test run, but at the same time, it's one of the last great chances for Malkin and Crosby to go and win a cup. So yeah, get your feet wet and stuff like that, but. There's a immense amount of pressure on there as well.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, pressure is going to definitely hit him as soon as he gets in the pipes that first game. And, uh, you know, like you said, with uh, Gino and Sid, you know, how long is that window open for the Penguins? Everybody talks about it. You listen to all those sportcasters, you know, where you guys are at. And, you know, the window is like three years, supposedly. and um you know the question mark I have for you guys is what are you what are your thoughts on Gino like how is that gonna affect the uh, the lineup? We've seen a couple of things lately. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's it it hurts he didn't get a goal and since he came back, I mm-hmm. think I mean, it was good that he was able to pick up a couple of assists and kind of regain some uh, foot speed. but that was one thing I noticed is that I at least wanted him to try and just crack the net at least once or twice to kind of give him some confidence going in because now we have a long time off until the next game. Um, It's hard whenever a guy like as heady as he is, he could have really used a big push like that mentally. So we'll see where that goes. I think he'll be okay though. I think um as long as him and captain are able to keep up their chemistry, I don't see too many issues, but um you just got to hope his confidence is up going in, going further.
2: For yeah. Me, I, I- Go Go ahead, Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah,
0: Go ahead. For me with Evgeny Malkin, and if you look at his total body of work, yes, he missed about 23 games this season. Even before then, he wasn't scoring goals, though. He had eight goals on the season. People don't really talk about that enough. That's a very minuscule number for Evgeny Malkin. But the thing that I saw in those last four games that was encouraging was the fact that he was able to kind of unlock Jason Zucker a little bit, get Zucker a couple of goals, get his Mm -hmm. confidence going. Because we know Kapanen's been able to finish this year, Zucker has been all over the place, almost scoring, but hasn't been able to put it away. Malkin can turn it on at a moment's notice. So as long as Malkin is unlocking both Zucker and Kapanen in the big games, I'm still confident that he can turn it on and put the big goal in the net.
2: I I totally agree with you. I think having 71 in the lineup is a game changer. You know, right now you're looking at having Sid, Gino, and then you have Carter as a third line option center, that's pretty deep. You're going back to, you know, 26, 26, 17 with, um, you know, Sid Gino and, uh, Nick Bonino. So, uh, that's pretty solid. And you had that on the fourth line, Matt Cullen. And so you just replaced Cullen with Talbot, uh, sorry, not Talbot, sorry with, uh, with Bluger and, um, you're off to the races.
0: I think that's a, it's a recipe for success for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it has been throughout the Crosby era. It's s- strength down the middle. And that's right. what they have right now with that addition of Carter, as you mentioned, very perfectly. <laughs> but the Penns power play is something else that has been really interesting this year because for all of the woes that they've had in the long droughts, they're currently right now fifth in the NHL. Now the Penguins are done, but of course the rest of the NHL continues to play games due to COVID. But the Penguins right now sit fifth in the NHL, which is kind of a miracle. Unfortunately, their penalty kill is not that great. It is 26th in the league. How glaring is that penalty kill deficiency? And do you think that that's going to be a liability that could cost them in the playoffs?
2: It could, it could, but again, you have, you know, TANFL, which is our, probably one of our number one best penalty killers in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that blue girl and TANF tandem has been phenomenal throughout the whole year. Um, you know, interesting part about the penalty kill, you know, me being in Toronto, um, you know, and uh, here in toronto was definitely on the penalty kill all the time you know either the one or two unit uh, he is dangerous on the kill he plays um, you know with a long stick he can get in the lanes um, and he did score a number of shorthanded goals for the uh, for the leafs uh, when he was with toronto so not sure why sully hasn't tried him on the penalty kill but i've been harping on this uh all season uh, gents with uh the pk um you know when you look at uh most Stanley Cup winners, you know, both special teams, the power play as well as the PK, are usually ranked in the top ten or top fifteen in the league going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, the penalty kill is such an interesting thing because you mentioned captain and used to play on it. Hmm. Meanwhile, whenever goudreau's first started here, he was on it, and he had said in an interview that he hasn't played the penalty kill ever in the, at the NHL level. So, yeah. I guess we're trying things, and for a while it worked, but I think things really need to get going. Um, I'm going to cut back to Malkin for a second. Do you think he helps or hurts the first set inse- or the uh, first power play unit, though?
2: Yeah, I was. Uh, I think I was throwing a few pillows the other day when they were playing Buffalo on Saturday. <laughs> uh, I was screaming at the TV, shoot the puck, um, <laughs> because we know Penguin hockey. It's basically you know pass around the perimeter, look for that special play, that perfect pass. I really like McCann on that side. I think he's got that sh- shoe first mentality. Um, he's got a zinger of a snapshot. He likes that low blocker side on on Tendies, and Tendies have a hard time ca- tracking that puck on the low blocker. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I think it's I, it's a big problem for Sullivan because you know that if if Gino goes to that second unit, there might be uh, some pouting. I I would say
0: there could be, <laughs> but even if he yeah. stays on that first unit, we saw yeah. a couple of opportunities for that second unit with McCann drop back down, and they looked like they were not only just competent, but they look dangerous there for a couple of games.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there's a, there's a one play in Philly when mm-hmm. the second unit went on, they scored a power play. I think um, not sure who scored the goal, but they had that bumper in the middle mm-hmm. and they worked the puck down low. They got it to that guy in the middle and they, you know um, and always having a second unit. That's why if that second unit can produce, you know, you, you have a, a really good chance for that PP to be strong throughout the playoffs. Yeah.
1: So, judging by the last two years, we know how they were kind of a disappointment. Mm. Um, do you believe that this year's team is something different. Is there something special about it that can help them go all the way?
2: Well, I definitely, I think this team is deeper. I think um, when you roll all four lines, everybody's contributing. Tanif comes back. Most likely you take Sevier out of the lineup, I would say, because, you know, Goudreau, Carter and McCann are looking really solid as a third line. So then you have your girl line together. And I think if you can get those, you know, the, the bottom six guys to produce, that's how you win, win Stanley Cup. So I think they're deeper this year than the last two years. Um I think they have a little bit of a swagger back than last year's team. That bubble hockey was sort of, you know, guys weren't on the ice. Um It was hard to find ice training and all that stuff. This year's a little different. They have, you know, 50 plus games under their belt. Their legs are legs are back. Uh, they've been practicing more, whatnot, training. I think this year's team... Has a definite, really, really good chance of of getting out of the East, but there's one team that really scares me, and you, know, you guys probably know what team that is.
0: I mean, there's a couple of teams that scare me currently yeah. in the NHL, but uh, who yeah. who are you
2: who are you thinking of? Well, in in our division, I it's Boston. Um, I, I I look at the the four teams in the in the in the East that are going to compete for the Stanley Cup, and Tuka Rask is the best goalie out of the four teams, hands down. So, you know, looking back at playoff success against the Bruins with the Penguins, it's been tough. Um, I'm not saying 91, 92, because that was, you know, different because we handled them pretty well. <laughs> pretty well. But, um, you know, I remember I went to the uh, the Eastern Conference final game in Boston when the Penguins got shut out. That game, I believe it was 2-0 um, I think it was the only Penguins fan in the in the barn at that time with, the, with a Penguins jersey. And a buddy of mine that we flew down with had a Bruins jersey on and he was a big Bruins fan. But that was tough to swallow. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's in their heads, but Rask, you know, when we play Boston when Rask is in that, it just seems we can't crack the net.
0: And we had Josh Joey on, on our last episode and he Mm -hmm. said basically the same thing. He said, for some odd reason, the Bruins give the penguins fits. Marshawn gets under Latang and Malkin skin and Bergeron and Crosby collide head to head. And it's the one kind of Rubik's cube that Crosby hasn't solved in his career is Therese Bergeron. He's found some success, but overwhelmingly Bergeron has been able to kind of tame Sidney Crosby when Sullivan's goal has been the opposite all along, but it just, it doesn't seem like it it works out. So in, in that instance, Again, you mentioned 71. Evgeny Malkin would be a huge factor if that mm. ends up being the case. I mean, when we record this tonight, we could figure out who we're playing. And it, mm. if it's not figured out tonight, it'll be figured out tomorrow. And if it's figured out tomorrow, it could be Boston. So it would be interesting, but it would definitely be a battle
2: for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, um, when it comes to the Bruins, my frustration is, and then again, you know, a lot of people talk about this is Sully matching... Sid's line against Bergeron's line. I just don't get it. Um, you know, that that line is better than Sid's line. Unfortunately, you know, you look at the three players, you know, Sid's better than Bergeron, but Marchand and Pasternak, you know, they're elite, elite players. You know, Getzel will get there. Rust is, a is. you know, to me, he's a top six winger, but he's not in that elite level like a Pasternak right now. So, you know, going head to head is dangerous. We saw it in, a, in in that 3-1 loss there the other night or two weeks ago. Um, if those guys get points, the Penguins are in trouble. Them adding Hall to the mix, guys, too, is um, it, it gives them a, a decent second line with Krejci, Hall, and and uh, Smith on on the other side. So now they're pretty. That one two punch they have that too as well. So it'll be interesting. Can can like you said, Nick, can seventy one, if we do play the Bruins, you know, beat the Krejci line now. Yeah, that's Over. a huge
0: factor. Uh, Go ahead, what no, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're good. I didn't have much on it. I was going to say, that's, you just got to hope for the best on that. So, I mean, do you feel like the Bruins, like because they added Hall, are they a deeper team now? I mean, I know it's just one sort of player. Although they got um, someone else too. I forget who it was now. Um, but they picked up that second player. Do you think the Bruins are a deeper team than, you know, anyone's been saying? Because a lot of times people say they're just a one-line team.
0: Mhm.
2: I think now they're a two line team and, and the, the one thing I give the Bruins every year, they make the playoffs, they play a really structured game. Um, they're disciplined. They play well in the defensive zone. There's no drive-bys. The one thing with Pittsburgh is, and, and, and it was 71 in in our own zone or in the Pittsburgh zone, there can't be drive-bys. You have to have stops and starts. You can't be circling that blue line or that red line cheating, especially against the Bruins. Um, got to get the pucks out first and then you know the best defense creates the best offense and you got to clean up our own zone and guys you, you saw in the buffalo games here there was some quality chances even you know like i say the other night had to come up big uh, with a few saves um i'm i'm a little concerned I, I i'll tell you i you know the last few games have been sort of i don't know they haven't been tight there's been some some mistakes in the defensive zone
0: It definitely seemed like they coasted into the playoffs following their clinching of the playoffs, Mm -hmm. even though there was something on the line and they did go out there and they got the job done, but there's something that a lot of people pointed out. There's definitely mistakes that were made that can't be made once game one rolls around for sure.
2: Yeah. Are you guys, who do you guys think that, uh, you know, besides Boston, Washington, you got the Islanders. Are there anybody, are you guys scared of those teams or how you feel against those guys?
1: Other than Boston, no. I think they're the only team I don't want to play right now.
0: Okay. Right now, Boston is going to be tough, and and we don't know Mm -hmm. if we're going to play them yet. The Islanders are going to be tough no matter what. No matter who we play, you're going to have to go through two of three of these teams if you want to win a Stanley Cup. It's not going to be an easy road. If I look outside of the East, though, Carolina and Tampa are two teams that play a similar style to Pittsburgh but they're younger and they have a lot more of a high flying attitude than the penguins have. Although the penguins have scored the most goals in the NHL. It just seems like those other teams have it in spades. Whereas if we have a line that is off for a night, that could be the end all be all. But those teams seem like they have it even on their sixth and seventh lines at this point.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Even, even when it comes to, uh, to Tampa, you know, Vasilevsky and the net, like, Mm that's you know it's huge he's a Vesna winner um and like you said they're they're both deep I'm not sure about Carolina's goaltending I still think Pittsburgh can can eliminate them but Tampa would be the the team I I, you know back when the season started I'd pick Tampa to go to the Stanley Cup finals uh against Vegas um so uh we'll see how the the uh the divisions work out and and the seeding once once you get out of your division
0: I mean, as of right now, your pick is, uh, seeming pretty strong. (laughs)
1: Yeah. the the seating seems strange. We'll just have to see how it goes, but, uh, you know, what is your ideal or most entertaining, uh, Stanley cup final situation?
2: I like the, I like the, the offense for sure. Um, definitely I think Vegas is a team that I love to watch Vegas. They're a little bit later, like 10 PM, 10 30 nights, uh, starts, but, uh, They're a really fun team to watch. They, you know, for an expansion team, like their top four lines are just incredible. Every time I'm like, this can't be an expansion team. And then (laughs) they have Leonard and they have Fleury in that. Like, what else do you want? Either guy can win a game for you. It's just, it's insane. Uh, So I really like to watch Vegas. You know, Nick, you said Carolina, they're a really fun team to watch. Young team, fast, a lot of scoring. Um, You know what's going to be interesting? The Tampa Florida series. You know, Florida's come out of nowhere, right? you know they you know, i read an article the other day like hornquist has been huge in the dressing room he's brought that leadership he's brought that swagger you know cups um, that's always good to have and then you know we have leaf nation where I, where i live and hey, god help us if they win the cup because i won't be able to leave my house right oh my so god. Uh, but um you know it's going to be really interesting going into the playoffs for the Pens- for the penguins this year it's uh, i think high expectations But like you guys are saying, like, there's a few question marks.
0: Well, Christmas is always great. But I always think the Stanley Cup playoffs are the most wonderful time of the year. And is the most wonderful time to have you on for your first guest spot here on the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. So, Nick, we thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, What we'd like to do now is definitely let all of our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find the pens and pucks. And I know that you have a new project coming out as well. So just, just – Wrap for a little bit. Just yeah. tell us what you have going on.
2: All right. So currently, we have our podcast that uh, Pens and Pucks, and we started that back in uh, in early March, and that's basically we're, we're discussing penguin hockey and and news around the NHL. Uh, currently, we're going to be starting a new podcast. I am. It's going to be called the Hockey Lounge, and uh, the Hockey Lounge is just going to be a casual lounge where we're going to have guests on friends. Um, you know, after the season, we're going to have some pro players, uh, some trainers, coaches. Uh, just casual talk um you know you can bring a beverage to the to the lounge and uh and just uh have have some good old fun and and you know uh, some dis- disagreements fire talk whatever it is um just have some fun but uh we also have an instagram page Pens and pucks as well as uh hockey Lounge just uh, launched last night
0: that's awesome. And uh, do you want to share the socials as well? So our listeners can give you a follow if they're not already following.
2: Yeah, for sure. So you can follow us at uh, pens and pucks on Instagram, as well as Twitter. And mm-hmm. then right now with the hockey lounge, we have uh at underscore the hockey lounge. Um, and that's where you can follow the hockey lounge.
0: Awesome. Thank you one last time for joining us. We're definitely going to have to do this again. And let's hope that it's after a Pittsburgh penguin Stanley cup victory.
2: For sure, guys. Thank you very much.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Sabreland this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres.
0: That's right. We got a lot coming up through the rest of the season and into of the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next season? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff! So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabers and on Twitter at Straight Sabers. Thank you again to Nick for joining us from the Pucks or sorry, excuse me, the Pens and Pucks podcast. Check his podcast out and his new podcast, The Hockey Lounge. Hopefully, we'll be making an appearance on there at some point. It's great to talk to our friends from up north. It's great to talk to fellow Penguins fans, and it's great that the Stanley Cup playoffs are just around the corner. Our weekly Pens poll was, how confident are you in the Penguins heading into the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs? 38% of you said cautiously optimistic. Then 30% of you said they might do the thing, which is, of course, winning the Stanley Cup. 23% said full belief. I love that 23%. The always glass half full guys. I, I love them. And then shakingly nervous, 9% which honestly, considering the way that they've played the last two postseasons, I don't necessarily blame you. I fall into the cautiously optimistic stage, mainly because as I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I want to see what they do in the playoffs before I say that they can go do the damn thing. And we (laughs) haven't seen that yet because in the last two postseasons, they are a combined one in seven in postseason games. And Tristan Jari has never played in a postseason game so far. We also don't even know who their opponent is in the first round. It's going to be tough no matter what because of the playoffs this year. But I'm cautiously optimistic. I think this is a good team. I think that they have the depth to be able to do it. I think they have the star players to be able to do it. I think Tristan Jari has it in him and the ability to do it. But I want to see how all of that matches with the Stanley Cups in 2021.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I put down full belief, but I think that's just because part of it may have just been They exceeded my expectations for the season. Let's start there. I had them finishing second. And they Mm. said, okay, we'll raise you one. And they, I mean, yeah, Boston's four right now, but I'm assuming, we're hoping they finish third and hope, or they're third right now, but assuming, hoping they finish there. Yeah, they've just blown away my expectations already. So why not keep doing that? I have full belief in this team because it got deeper at the trade deadline, despite it only being one move. Mm -hmm. um they got deeper everyone's return was returning to health that's still happening and this was a team that was able to fight through a general manager quitting a truckload of injuries and just you know and fight through what we just talked about the whole covid protocol thing we're able to fight through all of it to come out on top of the deepest and hardest division in the league so i have full belief in this team because yeah, I keep saying I don't want to play Boston, but you know what? Give me that series. Let's, with home ice, um, a little extra juice, maybe this is the time. Maybe Tuka Rask becomes Tuka Rask and then something weird happens and he's not able to play. That's at least start. And who knows, maybe Taylor Hall regresses to what Taylor Hall might be nowadays. We'll just have to see what happens. I'm hoping for the best in a Boston series for sure. But I'm, Other than that, I have full belief in this team mm-hmm.
0: no matter who they play. How about we just say, instead of hoping for the Bruins to regress or just randomly miss games, I have belief that this Penguins team is truly in a 50-50 spot with this Boston Bruins team, and they can pull out a win even if the Bruins are playing at the top of their game. It would be hard. It would not be an easy series. It would not be a sweep by any sense of the means. It might even go seven games. But this Pittsburgh Penguins team is as equipped as they have ever been to take on the Boston Bruins in a playoff series. Now obviously we talked about that a little bit in the interview that we just did with Nick, but let's also talk about the NHL playoffs because they might start in five days from today. They might start in a week. They might start in 10 days from today. We don't know because the league is still trying to figure it out on their own, but we want to finish off this episode by talking a little bit about the playoffs themselves, because it is the most wonderful time of the year. Mm -hmm. It does make me extremely happy. I am also sad at the same time because It feels like we just got hockey back after that long layoff. And now the regular season's over. I was so excited to have 56 hockey games to watch, and we've watched them all. And now it's the playoffs. So knowing we only have about two months left of the NHL before another offseason, it it makes me a little sad. But also the great equalizer is the playoffs because we're going to get in these next two weeks some of the greatest series that we're going to remember for our lives because these are new matchups. These are fun matchups. And I think that these playoffs are going to be extremely entertaining. And I always also get a little depressed once the second round ends, because we go from having four rounds to watch to only one game every other night, but we still have two weeks till we have that. But let's talk about the penguins and their division, whoever ends up facing anybody else. They're going to be two great series. If it's pens Islanders, Caps, Bruins, that's great. If it's pens Bruins, Caps, Islanders, those are two great series. Whatever happens in the East, they're going to be great matchups. Yeah, they are. And we've talked about that at Dauseum. So, I mean, let's get into some of the other ones really quickly. Montreal and the Leafs. Will the Maple Leafs win a series for once? They won a division for the first time in, I don't know, 30 years. Will they win a series in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs? Who knows? It sure seems like they might. I mean, the North sucks, man. It does, but still, you haven't had a Montreal versus Toronto matchup in 40 years. Montreal might come out steaming. I mean, look what they did to the Penguins last year. You're right.
1: No, you're totally right. I just, I mean, I haven't watched a, I at least this season, definitely not last season, I haven't watched a Toronto-Montreal game or like even seen highlights. Is the heat still there?
0: I mean. It is this year. After- all right, 10 games against each other and Cole Caulfield winning a game in overtime last week. It's there. There's definitely tension in a playoff round. That'll definitely turn it up to 11.
1: Good. That's then that makes that entertaining and worthwhile because it's, it always sucks when you see these rival teams, you know, you're like, Hey, these two rival teams of playoff series against each other. Cool. That'll be awesome. It'll be, you know, as tension filled as it'll be. And then it's just a dud and it's over in, like, five, and there was just a one-fight game. Yeah, it's – I want to see good, long series out of these, especially these rivals. I want to see entertaining hockey. It's – like, for what it's worth, the Penguins Blue Jackets in, in 2017, they were a bit of a rivalry for a while because, you know, they just the teams didn't like each other. But the Penguins dominated that playoff series, and it wasn't a boring series, but it sure wasn't as fiery as maybe it should have been. Mm-hmm. So – Um, yeah, I would like to see some great
0: out of the North, man. Definitely. And let's go to the Central, which to me, the premier matchup at the Central is the Florida matchup. For the first time ever, the Tampa Bay Lightning take on the Florida Panthers in a playoff series. These two teams got extremely heated in their matchup over the weekend, including somebody getting suspended. I'm pretty sure it was Pat Maroon was suspended for their next game. They also play again against each other before matching up in the playoffs. This is going to be a great series. In my opinion, the Panthers of course, being the surprise of the 2021 season, the Tampa Bay lightning being the defending cup champions, trying to go back to back. This is going to be a fantastic matchup, something we've never seen before. And something that gives us so many good players. We'll finally get to see playoff Sasha Barkov, see how that goes. We'll get to see Patrick Hornfist back in the playoffs. We know he elevates his game. So I think this series is going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, I'm just glad to hear the uh, De- Department of
1: Player Safety knows how to suspend guys. Oh man, come on! <laughs> no, I, I after that, uh, we recorded before that set before that second game that, um, the line brawl game and yeah. hearing some of the stuff that came out of that. I know we're we're jumping right back to the Metro all of a sudden, but uh, hearing some of that, I never want to hear Caps fans say that the league has helped out the Penguins again because. That was very one-sided and it was all against the Rangers. But anyway, I digress. Back to Florida. Yeah. Let's see what the Panthers can do. Are they the real deal? That has been the question all season. Mm-hmm. Since day one, basically. Like, are they the real deal? Hey, they're on top of the South Division? Central. Central. Hey, they're atop the central. <laughs> the Florida and the Central. Okay. <laughs> they're they're atop the Central. Are they the real deal? This is like a month into the year. Mm-hmm. Now we are fully into the year. They're still on a playoff spot. Are they the real deal? Let's find out. I think
0: that's going to be the big uh, conversation down there. There's no better way to prove that you're the real deal than beating the defending cup champs. I just said they don't
1: have to win either to prove it. But yeah, I mean, that's a great way of doing it is to defeat the cup champs. And I mean, if they put up a great series,
0: I think they've proved it at least. It's a hard
1: because it's Tampa Bay. You got to You're going
0: to have to do your best against that. Yeah, that's a difficult team to beat in the best of circumstances. So I think that's going to be a great matchup. The last one that I want to kind of talk about the last first round matchup I want to talk about is the Minnesota wild versus whoever they play. Cause right now Colorado and Vegas are back and forth for one, two. We expect Vegas to be able to take the cake, but those two teams match up later tonight and that could pull Colorado within, I believe two points of the Vegas golden Knights. So who knows? but whoever the wild end up playing in that two versus three matchup is going to be extremely fun in the West division. Again, Minnesota in the West division, but it's COVID COVID cup. So we'll see how that all works out. But Minnesota has been a surprise this year as well. Kirill Kaprizov is everything that Minnesota could have asked for. And more, I think he probably already has the Calder trophy on his mantle at this point, and he's going to be a very fun player to watch in the postseason I'm pretty close to getting a Kuro Kaprizov jersey if only I had money right now I might get it but if only the Wild also had nicer looking uniforms I like the Wild's home uniform I like like their away ones more but that's me oh well I mean either way it's going to be a good matchup because if it's Colorado Colorado versus Minnesota is a great matchup we've seen that before a couple times if it's Vegas versus Minnesota. That's a matchup we've never seen before. Minnesota has actually been successful against Vegas. So we know it's going to be close. And I just think overall, it's going to be fun to watch the wild and whoever they play in the first round. Yeah.
1: That'll be interesting because they were another team that for a while, the discussion of, are they the real deal was being had? I mean, we knew, I mean, we knew Caprizov kind of was, going into the season we knew he was going to be something and he really proved it um so that just has to sustain into the future but yeah the, they were another team of trying to
0: prove they were the real deal and this is their opportunity yep. a lot of former penguins on that team nick bonino nick Bugstad, basically anybody named nick also i think ian uh ian cole's on that team as well so general if you Man- want to root for a team over there oh yeah general manager bill Garen um can't believe i forgot about him but that is a Good matchup there as well. There's a lot of good matchups in the first round, but I will leave you with this. If we end up seeing a second round of, and we're not going to because it's the NHL playoffs and I'm never correct when I predict the NHL playoffs, but if we end up seeing a second round of Hurricanes Lightning, Maple Leafs Oilers, Ooh. Avs Golden Knights, and Penns Capitals, I think that's Millhouse for the NHL fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that are around there.
0: Um, it'll mean the Leafs have done something. It'll mean the Oilers have done something. Exactly. It'll finally be either Matthews or McDavid. Matthews versus McDavid in a playoff series? I mean, it doesn't get more entertaining than that. Oh, wait, it does. Avs Golden Knights.
1: Yeah. That, it's it's House. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a ton of fun. It's, it's- but it's a ton of fun. We'll see if that's what ends up happening, but that's going to do it for this episode of the tip of the iceberg. Again, thank you to Nick from pens and pucks that joined us. Horwat, before we go, any last words for our listeners? Uh, sorry if this episode
1: sounded bad on my end. I don't have my recording stuff set up and I'm in a bedroom. So,
0: and I also didn't get my, uh, get the call from the internet guy. So we're hoping for the best here. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that for our next episode, but that is it for this episode. We're excited for the NHL playoffs. We're waiting to see when that's going to happen and we're waiting to see who we're going to play. So hopefully for our Thursday episode, we will have who we're going to play. We'll be able to preview the matchup against either the Bruins or the Islanders. But for right now, let's just sit back and enjoy being the division champs for the mass mutual East. Have a good one. Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at Nick Horwatt 41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.